Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. ESPN Radio. Something tells me, I know we still got a long time to get there, but uh, something tells me that we might be going back to Texas. Welcome back. Duan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. You missed anything in the first hour? Man, what a weekend it was in Missoula. It, it was a crazy culmination for me as somebody that's covered the Big Sky Conference for 17 years. And when I started covering it, it was one team versus everybody. It was Montana. And I covered the Grizzlies 2006 to 2009 between the Montana Cayman and the Missoulian. And they lost one conference game. They lost four games in four years and went to back-to-back national championship games. Then after I left Missoula for the first time, it's been since then that they were able to hoist the outright Big Sky Conference trophy. So certainly a culmination of many different factors a renewal in a lot of different ways. And I haven't seen Missoula, Montana like it was rocking on Saturday night like that in a really long time. So we went over all of that in the first hour of the Montana Football Hour. You can find all of it on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store where they're all grizz all the time, and at the MSU Bookstore. Visit msubookstore.org. Time now for the Monday Afternoon Quarterback, presented by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank's Montana's brand of banking. The Monday afternoon quarterback is Montana's version of the NFL. But before we get to the NFL, we got to talk about the football game on Saturday. Coach Marty Bordewick in studio. You said live last week, Coach Grizz, by 40. You almost got it. It was a 30-point spread by the time it was all said and done. Turn the volume up on this one. We all felt it coming, really. I mean, if you looked at the numbers, if you if you looked at some game, and I didn't do much film. I did more uh, throw on a couple games. Sure, yeah. You know, and uh, my only concern, my only concern was we're going to be in position defensively, unlike last year. We're going to sure. be in position. Can we tackle the fellas from the Montana State team? Because they are very good runners. Montana has seen those type of runners, but let's just say, It might be one or two on a team. They have like five. That was my only concern. Huge home field advantage, I I suspected. Montana's defense is really unique. I mean, they were giving up 17 points in the last three games. Now what, they've given up 24 in four games. (laughs) It's amazing. That's six points per game. Right? And then Montana State just... Does it throw the football with any precision? I was that that did surprise me For during sure. the game that they did not take advantage of. They tried at some point take advantage of those one on one with no help. For sure, you don't get that very often, you, you know. And you've got to take advantage of it, and they didn't. And I was impressed with the Grizz cover man. They were in your face down the field, challenging them with no help, one on one. I thought that. First of all, we've talked a lot about schematic change is the wrong way to say it, and so is personnel change. It's just the incremental tweaks that the Grizz defense have made. We've talked about this a lot throughout the year. Here's the things that I've seen that are a little bit different. When they had Patrick O'Connell playing their outside linebacker spot, he was the edge sometimes, but he also was rotating all over the field. Sometimes he's lining up an inside guy. Sometimes he's blitzing up the middle. 
Now they have more of a defined edge position. Riley Wilson and Levi Janicaro play that spot. Same thing with the nickel. They used to rotate the safeties through all three spots. safety, strong, The free safety, the strong safety, and the nickel spot. Now, the guys that are the two high safeties, they rotate quite a bit. They roll those guys, but they have a true nickel who just sits up there right on the other edge. So they got a lot more protection on the edge. I think that particularly helps when you're playing the Cats because that's where the Cats attack you is on the edge with their super-fast quarterbacks. And uh, so I think all those things, just in terms of, like you were saying, getting lined up correctly, certainly pay dividends. I also think, though, the third fundamental difference I notice in the Grizz defense is how many different types of coverages that they are running on the back end. And I thought, you're right, Montana State's actually thrown the ball pretty well all year long. They threw the ball, I mean, their passing game was non-existent. They had 67 yards passing on Saturday. They were... They threw three passes in the whole first half. Now, <laughs> know, they only had 22 plays. Sure. Now, some of that's because of themselves on offense. The other part was Montana's offense controlling the ball For with sure. some long, chew-it-up clock type of drives. But you look at the last game. They threw the ball eight times. Now, they were eight for eight with a couple sure. of touchdowns and all that. But, I mean, you're not going to beat... A really good defense. The way Montana State plays offensive football, you are going to beat up yep. on the medium to poor defense. You're going to beat them up. You're going to gain five, 600 yards, right? But you all of a sudden run into a team that can play run defense, and then schematically they can get an extra man at the point, which right. they did. They did. Virtually. All night, with with few exceptions, right? Uh, the the scheme, Ronnie Bradford, and Tim Houck and that rest of the staff. That was a brilliant, brilliant, the defensive game plan. And then the fellas executed it. No uh, doubt. I mean, you still have to execute, and then you still have to tackle it. But yeah, you felt the forty to nothing coming on. In fact, you came by at halftime, and <laughs> I said, halfway there, babe. <laughs> halfway there is right, and. I was smelling a shutout. No, no, I really sure. was. Uh, before the game, uh, during the for game, sure. and after. And by the way, I know you had fun uh, during the game and after the game, but I had fun before, during, <laughs> and after. And no, no doubt. The, the other thing is, when you're talking about the, the Grizz defense is so aggressive that they you have to give up something. The one thing they were willing to give up is like the one-on-one up the seam, and they were just daring the Cats to do it. The very first Cat possession, they threw it up the seam. Well, Tommy Watt was feeling some nerves. He threw it about 10 yards too far. The true freshman tight end who's never received a pass in a game, he trips and falls on his face. Then he had the other deep shot right out of halftime, and the kid dropped it. There was only a couple chances for the Cats to take advantage. They didn't whatsoever, and that's why, I mean, when this Grizz team gets rolling, if they let the snowball moment, the momentum snowball, excuse me, I mean, it's a tidal wave. You have no chance. Oh, that's right. That's right. The the Grizz are very, very good at capturing the momentum and keeping it. And then if they lose it, they capture it back, much like what happened coming out of halftime early in the third quarter. And this Bergen... Why? I mean, that was the kill shot, right? Don't they, kick it to Bergen. Don't punt it to Bergen. <laughs> then when he's in the slot, please cover Bergen. I, I right? thought that was the fatal error is Montana State comes out of halftime. And people are still getting their way back in the stand, so it's not quite as loud. And the Cats score in about two minutes. Well, then the big kicker for the Cats, who's kicked the ball in the back of the end zone about 85% of the time this year, he doesn't. He lets one hang up there. And, it, I mean, as soon as that ball was kicked and I saw it was fluttering, I looked at Andrew and I said, that's housed. 
Bergen's going to take that to the house. He, almost, he got pushed out of bounds after a 55-yard return, but that then they get Bergen back, make sure he gets his touchdown, hit him in the slot. I thought that was the kill shot. Then all of a sudden they're up three scores again, and, and Montez said had no chance. It was then. Well, really it was Oswald's. I mean, that was a big answer, right? No, that, for sure. That, that, and Bergen was a big part of it because he started it with the return, and then he ended the answer yeah. with, the, with the touchdown catch. And then the Osmo run... I, I kind of heard the door just slam. It just slammed shut on the Bobcats right then. Marty Mordewick in studio with us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. It's the Monday afternoon quarterback presented by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank has more than 40 locations around the state of Montana. They're in Montana and only in Montana, and they plan on keeping it that way. It was fascinating, though, because you could see it right out the gates. The Grizz, Bobby Houck said that they were actually hoping that they could start the game on defense. Yeah. Then the Cats win the toss and they defer yep. to the Grizz start the game on offense. Well, I mean, between Eli Gilman and Clifton McDowell, they must have broken 15 tackles on the first drive. I mean, you could just see the the energy and the aggression that the Grizz were playing with right out of the gates. Well, poor tackling on the Bobcats. That's also true. Uh, and, and great running. Uh, by by McDowell and Gilman. Gilman's really an impressive For dude. Sure. You know, you know, Coulter. The other thing that really surprised me. What do you do offensively, typically, against a really good run defense? Why are you going to pound your head early in the game? Man. Why would you do that? Come out throwing the football just a tick more, not a ton more, just a tick. That's what. Brent Peace, Bobby Houck, and the Montana Grizzlies did. They threw the ball like 14 times in the first half. Yep. Well, there's been many games where McDowell has thrown the ball 10 times all game, right? Uh, and so they kept the Bobcats off balance because the Bobcats are a very good run defense as well. That's right. Montana State didn't do that. They just relied totally on their strength of running the football. And that that is bothersome if you want to win the whole thing. Like I said, you're going to beat up on many of these That's defenses. Right. But if you want to win the whole thing, you have to throw the football with precision because you're going to be in a game like they were in. And you've got to scream back down one, two, three scores, right? And so, so to win the whole thing, with few exceptions, you have to throw the ball with precision. And how can you expect to do that? If you haven't done it in That's league right. games up to that point. I thought th there's always these little moments, though, that are symbolic of, of bigger things. I thought another one of the, the key moments in this game, it was on Montana's third possession of, of the game, and they were already up 14 to nothing. Sebastian Valdez, number 95, who I think is, a, a, at least at this point, a borderline NFL guy. And if he takes one more step in his senior year, I think he's a surefire NFL guy. He's one of the best interior guys in the Big Sky and in the FCS. And he is, he's the intimidator. He's Montana State's intimidator. He's big and strong and buff. And, you know, he looks like Hercules. One of his signature moves is when he gets through the line on a run play, he'll give him the old shoulder and just stand over him. I mean, because he's 6'3", 295 pounds. Most guys, he can just sort of hit to the ground. He tried to do that to Gilman, and Gilman trucked him and then got 11 more yards. And I think everybody on the Bobcat defense was like, oh, we've never really seen that before. And then all of a sudden it starts spinning in your head. There's the execution part, there's the play calling, there's all that, the, you know, rising to the moment. But I thought at the end of the day, the number one factor in this game is the Grizz showed up for a fist fight and they whooped them from start to finish. I think that's true. I think the home field events, the fans were I mean, a major part of this now. We were, the press box was really tight, so we decided we were going to stand out on the roof just so we could kind of feel it. 
when Osmo scored that 63-yard touchdown and they start playing Billy Idol's Money Money, which is the Bobcat song, and the whole Grizz faithful are chanting, basically mocking Montana State, the stadium was shaking, Coach. I yeah. was like, I was like this. I've been to. I, I was texting the administrators of Montana. I've been going to games since I was eight years old at that stadium. That was top five loudest I've ever heard it, and that was definitely the loudest I've ever heard it in a rivalry game, other than 08 when they wore the throwbacks. Now you know, Coulter. You know I rarely go negative, but you brought it up. You brought the box up, the media box. It's horrendous. It's the worst one in the Big Sky. Uh, and it's too bad because what a venue, Washington Grizz Stadium. It is a beautiful stadium. It was not built uh, for TV and all of that. But the next upgrade, please. It's got to be. Please, while they're building that uh, right across the street, the indoor facility, just send a few fellows over and please expand it. You almost got to stand sideways. It's so hard, and then, man. And then you're standing on cords. It's a little crazy. Because of the Washington Grizz Stadium is such a great place. We're up in the box. You had to leave. See, I know. Uh, it was it was so well, tight. Well, because the other part is, and I don't want to sit here and just pile on this this point, but you know this: the side that it's on, the, the stadium's so steep, and that's what makes it so loud. But when you're in the box, you can't see. From this hash in and the opposing sideline, unless you stand up you and kind of look over. Yes. So then if the ball is on this side of the field and you're trying to see what's going on on the sideline, you can't see. So anyways, yeah. we digress. But uh, it was a wonderful atmosphere otherwise at Washington Grizzly Stadium and, and Montana. Well, uh, oh, we got a journalism TV school. <laughs> I know. And we got the worst box in the big. But anyway, what uh, event that was. And it was total domination with the exception of really one drive. Utter, just complete domination. The thing that, one of the other sort of intangible factors I always look at in the game is some of the guys that are going to perform the best in this game or that are going to want to perform the best in this game are the ones that are from Montana because they grew up wanting to play in this game. It's the biggest deal in the world to them. That's what makes them want to become Cats and Grizz when they're little kids. And then they get all the way to the point where Oh my gosh, I'm playing in my last one of these. And there's a handful of guys on the Cats that have that scenario, but there is a whole group of guys on the Montana Grizzlies that knew that this was their last shooting match with the Bobcats. No matter if it was they're going to go on a playoff run or whatever, whether you're talking about Gary Grizz from Eureka, Braxton Hill from Anaconda, Levi Janicaro and Tyler Flink from Missoula, Montana, big sky guys. You go on down the line, there's so many guys that are seniors playing in their final rivalry game. And the, the the most fun part to watch was how every single one of those guys played out of their minds. And I think I think it's a, a microcosm of a bigger factor. That's why this Grizz team is so good. They have so many guys that it means so much to. And that is Bobby Houck's specialty formula right there. And and these young men are football players. Oh, I noticed where you mentioned uh, Garrett Graves. He won the special teams player of the year. And, and Flank, huh, the hitter. Uh, award. So, congratulations. Uh, excuse me. Congratulations to those guys. And it's just started for them. Now you wipe it clean. You got two home games now. And I say, I, I, it's over. I think. Right. The Grizz go to Texas for the national championship. It is so difficult to come in here 
and we were talking about the fans. Just wait till it gets colder. It wasn't and, even cold on Saturday. <laughs> and you got you got this. Uh, my wife and I, you know, we spent a decade in Philadelphia, yeah, yeah. more than a decade. And uh, Delaware is right down. See, I even said it there. Uh, Delaware is right down the road, and uh, a couple of my coworkers. And one fellow that I ended up coaching in Baltimore, Flacco, yep. and then the GM for the Kansas City Chiefs went to Delaware, so it was always, Delaware? Delaware-what? Where are you from? <laughs> Where did you play? Delaware? You know, oh, and we would be howling. I guess you had to be there when that was happening. <laughs> well, we'll see. Uh, Lafayette versus Delaware is the first-round matchup. The winner of that one comes to Washington Grizz. The way the bracket's all going to play out, I mean, of course, like Bobby Houck says, to make a run, you got to win the first one, so they're fully concentrated on the first one. But it is going to be a tall task for anybody to come in here. But you also do have potentially a few storybook scenarios. If Montana State can figure it out and get it together, maybe they get a rematch in the semis with a chance to go to the national championship. Because I do still think even with how poorly Montana State played on Saturday and how demoralizing the loss was to the Grizz getting whipped like that. I still do think they have great talent and they can run the ball, which can get you far in December in the playoffs. All that said, though, talk about the other storybook. They're probably going to play North Dakota State. I think the Bison, everybody's been talking about how they're all down. You got one of your boys coaching over there at North Dakota State. People freak out over two losses at NDSU. If NDSU gets thrown a little bit, maybe they're coming back to Missoula for the semis. That would be pretty insane as well. Well, this is going to be fascinating. Uh, the Bobcats could be back in Missoula for another brawl of the wild, right? And in in, 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 the, in, the, in the semis, yeah, a battle of the brawl of the wild. I love it. <laughs> I love I love that. T-shirts should be printed up. They just right? they just made him Clinton McDowell. Somebody he's, said that he's, they, he's they, savvy enough. He's got him on his little <laughs> NIL store now, so that's pretty cool. Uh, I love it. And then and then you know the. The family, the family had the trifecta, and there wasn't a close game. Big Sky uh, beat him up, and then Bobby Cade, North Dakota State. I know North Dakota State pretty good. Yeah, my son. Sure. They, they were playing really well early, and then they ran into a mid-season kind of slump, yep. just a little bit. Yep. And and then they've come out of this thing. They've had two great weeks against. Really good football team. That's so right. nobody wants to play them oh, that's right. in the playoffs. So they could end up at Montana State, uh, not this week, but the next week. And Lindsey and I, and maybe Molly, and maybe even Sky flies in for that one. That would be pretty cool. You know, I mean, talking about the Bison, they, they have they've established this this barometer, this bar of unprecedented success. I mean. They won like 160 games in one decade. Yeah. The previous record before that was Montana winning 119 games during the 2000s. The Bison blew that out of the water by like 40 wins. It's crazy. They went undefeated five times on their way to national championships. It's it's unheard of. I don't know if we'll ever see a run like that again. High tides raise all ships, right? Their success made everybody else in the Missouri Valley Football Conference invest in football and start playing chase. Well, you look at their three losses this year. They lost... To the the best South Dakota the best South Dakota team in the history of the Yotes program. Period. Bob Nielsen's a, a finalist for Coach of the Year because of it. They lost to a UND team that was riding high, and they got hit by the injury bug, but that's still in the playoffs. And they lost South Dakota State, who's number one defending national champs. Yeah. Then they got it back on track, and they beat the absolute heck out of Southern Illinois, who's also in the playoffs. And they made sure Northern Iowa's not going to the playoffs. So this is a, a Bison team that's uh, 
they're, they're, they're getting it back together at the right time. Well, it looks that way. You know, the one other thing I was thinking about on the way over, UC Davis. What no. happened? It's ridiculous. Uh, to back to back. Back to back. What What are we doing? We we went and uh, and, and interviewed him Hawkins, on yep. Friday uh, before the Montana at the UC Davis game. He still last year had steam coming out of his ears sure. because he thought they should have been in rather than Montana. No doubt. I could only imagine. He's got steam coming out of every orifice <laughs> right now because they had just beaten Sacramento State. Straight up, head-to-head. Head. The day before. The, that, that's the part that's so perplexing. Okay, you can say we're comparing total body of work and resumes. Ken Haslam was on the selection committee. He was on the ESPNU selection show, and he said, hey, this comes down to the fact that Sac State beat Nichols, who's the Southland champ, and they got, you know, they're in the bracket, and they beat Stanford. I get the overall total body of work or whatever, but also you just lost to your rival. How do you have the same record and you just lost? People say, well, what's UC Davis's quality win? It's over Sac State. They just beat them. Over Sac State, and they had one more win in the Big Sky Conference. That's right, they're five and three in the Big right? Sky. I think there's just too much leaning on this strength of schedule. I think there should be the law. Like a law, like Congress, <laughs> pass a law. If you beat somebody head-to-head -head and you have the same record, and even one game better in the big sky, then that team goes, especially at the end of the year, you're getting the Sacramento State team in the playoffs that is kind of faltering down the stretch just a little bit since no season. No doubt. And then the UC Davis team that just beat them. Right. It just makes no sense to me. Now, look, at, I'm, on not a, I'm sure they had some good reasons, right? But you, you should uh, be able to explain that one thoroughly. I, I think you can make a bylaw pretty easily that if you don't have an above 500 conference record, you can't go to the playoffs. It's as simple as that. you got to be above 500 in your conference. you got to win five, five out of the eight games. I think that's a pretty easy one, and then Davis would be in and Sack would be out. Congratulations to Sack. I mean, the Stanford win did hold a lot of weight, and you beat Nichols early on as well. And, and you know, you're a 7-4 team, but I just think that the head-to-head -head is – it's unexplainable to me. You, you got to just yeah. if you if you went head to head in the last week of the season, how you're playing right now, how can you say that UC Davis has to stay home at Sac State? Uh, hey, hey Coulter, one thing we've talked about. It, it starts at the top. It's so important. You see Seth Bonner down there, as the president that's right. of the University of Montana, before the game was over, congratulating Bobby. Those are the type of presidents that you like because they understand. They understand how important the the sports programs, the football team are. The gal from Portland State. Yep. Uh, apparently, yeah. she's a, you know fantastic, a superstar. These are the people that you love to coach for and you love to play for when you have a president like that at your school. It's Dwayne's Dow, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Monday afternoon, quarterback with Coach Marty in studio with me, Colton Dwayne. Last point we'll make on this, and then we will talk some NFL. The when the, the Grizz football program and the University of Montana as a whole went through a elongated time that was incredibly tumultuous for the university, the administration, the athletic department, and the city of Missoula. From a uh, proposed and I guess uh, deemed as a sexual assault scandal on campus, uh, a subsequent book that was written about it by John Krakauer a Department of Justice investigation, 
an NCAA investigation, the firing of athletic director Jim O'Day, the firing of head football coach Robin Flugrad, and then all of these different moments of adversity, whether it was Mick Delaney having a, a three-year stint basically as the interim coach, and then you know the experimental hire of Bob Stitt and that not working out, to then Bobby Houck being hired back ahead of the 2018 season, and all of the expectations that came with that, some of the controversy that came with that, all of that has now come to fruition. And it took longer than I think a lot of people wanted. A lot of people that are in the Grizz Nation are, you know, they're, they don't have a lot of patience because there has been such amazing success of winning tradition at Montana. But this right here, right now, what happened on Saturday and the fact that they were able to walk around the stadium with not only the Great Divide Trophy, but the Big Sky Conference Championship Trophy. This is what the University of Montana hired Bobby Houck back to do, and now here he is, and he got it done. Now they got the two-seed and home field advantage all the way through the playoffs. Well, that's a pretty good little explanation, but they were self-inflicted wounds. That's true. That was just a little perception because of when people start getting fired. Jim, it wouldn't have taken this long if Jim O'Day uh, be, uh, was still you know. athletic director through it, because he would have got us through it, right? That's right. So great friend I've, of both of ours. I, I, I've I've got uh, a little different perception on that. My daughter uh, came to school here. Yep. Uh, right after that mess, and l- let me tell you, I call a couple teammates uh, because only because of the perception. And, oh, were they mad at me for me even asking the question? Even asking the question, is it is it reasonably safe? And uh, they pulled out some numbers on me, and uh, uh, they thought the University of Montana was even better than most other places regarding what you were talking about. But, uh, yeah, it was self-inflicted wounds. For sure. Don't do that to yourself. That's right. Now, Ken Haslam, he's got to be really happy. Uh, the women's soccer, big sky champs. The men football team, big sky champions. So it looks like they got it rolling right about now. Text from uh, perhaps our most loyal listener, my mom. Thanks, mom, for always tuning in. She says, this is the point I've always held fast to. Bobby Houck is the right coach for the Grizz because he fully understands what these Montana boys are all about and what makes them tick. It's why he's the man for the moment because he understands Montana because he is Montana. It's a great perspective, mom. Your mother is pretty sharp hey. down right there. That's what I got to say. <laughs> got to love it. No, it's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MTM. We can talk about this game forever, but we got to talk a little NFL. That's next. Keep it right here. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. And Dwight, your father founded Schulte Law Firm in 1987 and since then has mediated more than 3,000 family law and divorce cases. Why is he so good at that sort of law? Well, he is a smart and patient man. A lot of situations where you find yourself in need of attorney are a high conflict situation. And it's really important. And it's a a tenet of our firm that we work through litigious issues 
in a collaborative way. It's important at Schulte Law Firm that when we're litigating these very serious issues that impact people's lives, that we do so in a way that provides the best representation and the best result to our clients. And what we have found is that the best way to do that is to litigate these issues effectively while doing so with a high degree of professionalism. We can have these disagreements without making it personal. Visit jshultilaw.com. Oh! The new one is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Can be more like Sweet Home Missoula, Montana for the Montana Grizzlies after their 37-7 victory over Montana State over the weekend. That secured the Big Sky title and the two-seed in the FCS playoffs. Welcome back. Nuanas now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Rolling through the Monday afternoon quarterback, Coach Marty, Marty Mornoweg, in studio with us. We could talk about the Grizz, their playoff aspirations, the Big Sky title, all that, but we got to get to some NFL because this is the Monday afternoon quarterback, which is Montana's brand of NFL, brought to you by Stockman Bank, Montana's brand of banking. Stockman Bank invites you to experience the uh, Stockman difference as a family-owned community bank with locations throughout Montana. Stockman Bank committed to enriching the lives of Montanans and helping communities succeed. We're always talking about guys that get hurt in the NFL, and, and injuries can be detrimental across the board, but not all injuries are created equal, especially in a salary cap league. The news coming out of the weekend, there was all sorts of cool and crazy and wild results, but the news coming out of the weekend was that on Thursday Night Football this last week, Joe Burrow suffered what is going to be a season-ending injury. And uh, I don't know, maybe maybe the Bengals can salvage something, but if you lose a guy that you're paying $250-plus million who's one of the best players in the NFL, that's a, that's a hard one to bounce back from. I think they're done. I, yeah, that's I mean, how important that quarterback position is, especially when you have a franchise type of fella. Yeah. And you lose it, and then, and, then, and then it just drops back down. And their defense is not like, let's say... Uh, the Ravens or Cleveland, right, right? To, to where you can outmaneuver uh, right. a, a little bit and score just a few points and win. I just don't see it happening for that ball club. Colt Anderson, former Grizz, he's on the Cincinnati Bengals staff, and I was texting with him just because it was rivalry week last week, and I always check in with him. And and then, of course, that had happened right after we had just gotten done. You know, He was like, what do you think of the game? Break it down. And then the next day, I was like, man, I'm so sorry. And he's like, it felt like there was a death in the family. It, it, it really, I mean, it's just so depressing. That That's the other part is it's not just his play on the field. It also just takes the air out of the room for the whole franchise, right? Yes, and the leadership part. Yes. Uh, and and just his uh, a presence. Uh, don't right. underestimate right. just the presence of certain people. But they better get over it real quick because they've got another game coming at them. Uh, what's our next mission? And who are we doing it with? And let's get it right, and then and then it's not like they can't win some games. That's right. I just don't see them making a run. And they still have such a tough division too. We've talked for the last couple of weeks about how the AFC North is the strongest division in in the NFL right now. The Ravens yeah. capitalized on the Burrow injury and they kept on rolling. I think they're definitely an AFC contender for sure. The Browns. Everybody was talking about the Browns maybe having to fall back to the pack too because the Sean Watson got hurt. 
The Browns are ridiculous. I know that the Steelers are not very good offensively, but still, that game was a straight-up war yesterday. If you like the offense, stay away from that one because <laughs> ain't nobody scored a touchdown on that thing. That was a straight fist fight between Pittsburgh and Cleveland yesterday. Now, Cleveland should be able to maneuver a little bit Because they're so good on defense, yeah, right? Yeah, because they're just they're spectacular. I mean, they uh, they are loaded on defense. I mean, they are they the best defense in the NFL right uh, now? I think you could, you could argue that. I think Baltimore's really good. Baltimore's really good. They have a hiccup or two on occasion. That For happens. Sure. Philadelphia's really good. Philly's very good at that game tonight. I mean, Kansas City's actually very good as well, Kansas too. City's improved on defense. For sure. Now, numbers-wise, they've sort of regressed a little bit on offense. Sure. But their defense is just juiced up numbers-wise. Absolutely. I mean, I was shocked when I was looking at the total defense statistics. Ravens, Cleveland, uh, right there, Pittsburgh, right there. Yeah, not surprised by any of those. Uh, the Jets are right there as well. Yep. But then, I mean, Kansas City, based on the metrics, has one of the five best defenses in the NFL right now. It's pretty impressive. Man alive, the Jets. Oh. Good gosh. I mean, it's hard to watch. It, this is this is what's crazy is that I actually think that the Jets have personnel-wise one of the two best defenses in the entire league. They can't score. They can't score. They haven't scored a touchdown in like five weeks. It's it's unbelievable. I mean, it's hard to watch. It's terrible to I watch. I mean, you got false starts. You got alignment down the field. You got interceptions. You've got sack. I mean, that is you. I'm, I'm telling you, like like a team like Cleveland, a team like I've been there. I mean, you can maneuver enough. Now, it might not be every game. It might be almost every other game. For sure. But maneuver enough offensively if you're not fully loaded to be able to score enough points with that type of defense. Yeah, they, they made the move today. I, 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 would, I would love to see what had happened behind closed doors because last week, Robert Sala, their head coach, was asked, what are you doing with Zach Wilson? He said, I plead the fifth. The decision is not up to me. Well, then this week, he says... We're going with Tim Boyle, Trevor Simeon's the backup, Zach Wilson's the third-string guy. So there was obviously some conversations had behind closed doors, whether that's the ownership making the decision or him. Either way, they had to make a move. I mean, if you go if you go a month without scoring a touchdown, you have to make a move. Now, Woody Johnson, the owner of the New York Jets, uh, I really like him. Yeah. Uh, now, they're all a little different, right? Uh, but uh, I'm sure that there was a meeting of the minds every week for about the past six or eight weeks <laughs> on the quarterback situation with the New York Jets. How about the, the Detroit Lions? They were uh, backs against the wall. The Bears, gosh, <laughs> the Bears, just when you think that they're dead and gone, then they'll have these games where they explode for some points, but then they can't hold on. They did hold on against the Washington Commanders a couple weeks ago on Thursday Night Football, but then this one, they were up two scores against the Lions. The Lions come all the way back and beat them. But, that, I mean, that's kind of what the Lions' M.O. is now. Talking about learning how to win. This has been a franchise that had a hard time learning how to win. Now they're figuring it out. They've won three close games in the last four weeks. The Lions have a little mojo. Definitely. They've got a culture. Culture eats everything else. No question. I mean, if you've got a great culture, you can motor through some things, yeah. and then you win close. You win more close games uh, than you lose. And the Chargers, they... They've sort of, if they ever had any mojo, they've lost it. So oh, yes. they better go find it, or it's going to get ugly for the chart. And that's too bad because they're a talented football team. Crazy to see the Chargers. <laughs> they lose the close one to the Lions last week. Then they lose another close one this week. And, and I mean, they're sitting here in, in no man's land. I mean, this is a team that should be at least sort of in playoff contention, especially yeah. given the quarterback that they got. And they're not. I mean, 
after losing in Lambeau yesterday, they got the same record as the Packers, and the Packers aren't any good. They're, they're, I, well, and it's too bad because the team is is playing poorly, and it's pulling a really good quarterback down. He's not playing very good no, now. That's right. Because of of what's going on that's with right. the with the entire team, and as a quarterback, it's very very difficult to show your stuff and look like you're playing the quarterback position really well on a team that is underperforming, not playing for because you try to do a little too much uh, more than occasionally. And it typically, when you do that in the National Football League, it typically will backfire on you. The Denver Broncos have to be one of the surprises of the last month of the season. <laughs> I mean, this is a team that started one and four. They gave up a 70-burger to Miami, and you're th- sitting there thinking, what is going on? Well, not only have they won four in a row, the last three wins are against the Chiefs, yeah. the Bills, and the Vikings. Those are at least two for sure playoff teams, and then another one in the Vikings who've been very good lately. Uh, what do you think of this turnaround in Denver? How about the the renaissance for Russell Wilson? I mean, he looked like the worst contract in the history of the NFL last year. Now here he is. He's throwing 20 touchdown passes, and they're on a four-game winning streak. In this game of football, even at the highest level, on occasion, things change fast. Yeah. Right? And both ways. You, you, you can look really, really bad and then become a really good football team in a matter of days or even weeks or even one Sunday sometimes, right? And then, and then it can go the other way on you as well. And the Broncos have done a really, really good, good job because that was embarrassing early I mean, embarrassing. in the season. And, and so they must be, they must have some tough, Tough dudes leading that football team, and I'm talking mental toughness as well. They got a lot of talent too. I mean, when they were the Broncos hadn't really had any down years until our last couple of years, but then they've drafted pretty well, and they've they've added some really good offensive skill guys. The Javante Williams kid's a great tailback. Jerry Judy's a good receiver. Court Sutton's a good receiver. They got good tight end. They got good talent defensively. Paying Patrick Sertain. Uh, Patrick Sertain's son, I should say. Patrick Sertain Jr. is one of the best corners in the league. So. I mean, the Broncos have had pieces. They've just had to figure out a way to have continuity because last year was such a disaster under Nathaniel Hackett. And you have to think maybe the coaching changed, just the different ways in doing things. Maybe they, they hit speed bumps early. But, I mean, it's hard to deny. I know Sean Payton, a lot of people, eh, because he's, he is sort of in your face and he talks a lot of smack. But he's a great coach, and, and now he's got him rolling a little. Yeah, he's a little arrogant. But it looked worse. Early in the year, no doubt, uh, on, on some games, no doubt. Then they did last year, and last year was pitiful, right? <laughs> and it looked worse, all right. So, what happened? Well, they're coming together just a little bit. Philosophy, uh, the 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 way they go about doing their business, and you would say, oh, the Chiefs win. That might just be a little bit of a fluke. Not, not now. Right. I mean, they beat like you said, two playoff teams. Two legitimate playoff teams and a very good Vikings team. Jacksonville beat the pants off of Tennessee, and Jacksonville's really good. And we said that we thought they could be good. Now I think they really are a real contender. And at the same time, Tennessee is just, they, they have fallen off. They're, oh they're just not very good. Oh, my goodness. They, uh, that's another team that has just lost a little a mojo. They, they, they had it, they had for, it. For, for a few years, and they've lost it. And uh, they lost their quarterback, of course, that's and all right. those things. So, Everything feels like it's gone against them. 
and so they got to get that mentality. Our backs against the wall. It's us against everybody, and go out and play with some passion. I thought that the 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 most surprising result of the day yesterday, and certainly the one that was the most detrimental to my bets, was the New York Giants rolling it up on the Washington Commanders. The I mean. The Giants are playing their third-string quarterback. He still lives with his parents. Yeah. I mean, Tommy DeVito, we call him the shoeshine boy because he's like the most unlikely NFL quarterback in the whole deal. Meanwhile, the Commanders, after yesterday, they're 1-5 and five at home, Coach. What are they doing? Uh, you know, they've been through a mess as well. They have, for I, sure. You know, I'm new ownership. Uh, uh, is is Ron going to beat Ron Rivera, for a good sure. friend of mine? A new offensive coordinator. who I'm rooting for them because I know some of the fellas For there. sure. But that one surprised me. It didn't look Good at no. all. Now, like I mean, you I can't said, give up thirty to this Giants team at home. You just no, can't. And, and and the kid threw for like three touchdowns or something. I'm going, geez, uh, that didn't look good. Yeah. And, no. and so so, but like I said, on occasion things change fast. So I'm I'm rooting. I'm rooting. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I'm rooting for the Washington Commanders to make a little run. Last one from Sunday's results, and then we'll talk some Monday Night Football. I think it's safe to say that uh, the Niners got their mojo back a little bit. We were talking about them struggling a little bit. Well, as we always say, though, it's it's personnel-based with them. They got Trent Williams back in the fold. They got Debo Samuel back in the fold. They got George Kittle back in the fold. Look at Brock Purdy now. He throws for 333 and three touchdowns yesterday. <laughs> they got healthy. Yeah. Uh, and if you have some injuries at some of those important positions, uh, I mean, it, it not only deflates the team mentally because they know they're, they're, they're down some of these great players, but... It, it really affects game plan. It affects how you go uh, ab- about your business. You're missing uh, a Pro Bowl fella right next to you. You feel like you have to do a little bit more, or maybe they're asking you to do some things that you may not be able to do quite yet. Maybe you're an average player on a great team. So if you're missing too many people, it can really put a knife in the production. Primetime matchup on Monday Night Football tonight. It's also... Two of the teams that Coach Marty knows the most about. Yeah. Monday afternoon quarterback continues with Monday Night Football Talk right after this. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. What a great Monday it has been. If you missed anything in the show, you can find it. On the Nuanas Now podcast, proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, where they're all grills all the time, and the MSU Bookstore. Visit msubookstore.org. We're rolling through the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. It's Montana's brand of NFL, presented by Montana's brand of banking. Stockman Bank, committing to enriching the lives of Montana's and helping communities succeed. What that means to you is your money stays in the local economy, supporting your friends and your neighbors, blending traditional Western values with modern conveniences and state-of-the-art technology. Stockman Bank provides time-tested products and services from people who truly care about you and your financial success. A Super Bowl rematch tonight on Monday Night Football. This is going to be pretty darn fun. I think it's so fascinating because both Philadelphia and Kansas City have some pretty familiar faces in terms of you know the, the central figures in this game, the quarterbacks and stuff. They also have had some some changes personnel-wise, yet I think both of these teams share an, an interesting narrative around them. At the same time, they've both been winning at such a high level, yet people have wanted more from them because they expect them to be so good, yet I still think this is a not only Super Bowl rematch, but maybe even a 
Super Bowl rematch preview as well because I still think that even with the roller coaster that they've ridden, I still think these are two of the three best teams in the NFL. Uh, I think you're exactly right. I think it certainly could happen. Uh, it takes a lot to go win a Super Bowl, and sometimes it's a bounce of the ball or a couple bounces of the ball uh, or one of your great players just making a great play right at the right moment to sway a game. Look at I got Chiefs by 40. Not, not this time, <laughs> not this time. Uh, but I do like the Chiefs. They're at home. At home, two and a half point and, favorites, which means they think this is a coin flip game, but Arrowhead gives you two and a half. And, and it is Monday night football. It's going to be a mess out there uh, in a good way for the Chiefs. And and, and the Eagles, I uh, Jalen's nicked up just a little bit. I don't yep. think it's going to affect them. Right. Uh, and the total, but he is nicked a little bit. Uh, and so for that reason only, uh, I'm leaning towards the Chiefs. Now, the Kelsey brothers, I'm sure Mama's going to be there with... You, you, okay, so how do you do that when you're a mother of, <laughs> of two... But You know, and they're playing against each other. Some go by and they get a shirt made that's got half sure. one team half, or a hat or, or some some put, put the, the Eagles stuff on and stay there for... A half, for a half, yeah, and then, right, right. yeah, yeah, but 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 the team is still not fair because Mama, you're going over there for the second half. That's more important, right? So, how do mamas do that? It's 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 very rare, but she seems to be like great at it. Oh, for sure, she, uh, Miss Kelsey is a, a phenomenal football mom for sure. Hopefully, she doesn't spend too much time. In the uh, the box with Taylor Swift because then that's all that, that's all they ever show. I want to watch the game. I don't care what Taylor Swift drinking her blue lemonade or whatever the heck's going on. Just show me the football game. Uh, I think this would be a fascinating one. I think it's a huge test for both these teams. I think it could be a launching point for both of them as well. The Eagles have been rolling in terms of winning, but they've been having to figure out a way to to come back late. The Chiefs have been sort of up and down offensively, but if you oh. if you can find your footing with the way their defense is playing, it could be something that sparks you. This is going to be fascinating. I look at the line, the offensive line for the Eagles. Yeah. They're fantastic. Absolutely, Nuanas now ESPN Radio for Marty Mornawake. I'm Coulter Nuanas. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. PSA for you. We're off starting on Wednesday for the long weekend, so tomorrow's our last show of the week. High school heavy, Kellen Harrison, the quarterback of the Bozeman Hawks, state champs coming on. Key Christensen, quarterback of the Dillon Beavers, plus a whole bunch more. We'll see you then. Nuanas you Now, ESPN Radio. Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that yeah. might, it must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Yeah, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now <laughs> for the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure – 
Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time.